and welcome to this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today's date is Wednesday the 31st of May and I am sad to announce that this is the last ever Oxcast episode which will ever be produced. There is weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> but I'm very excited to say we're still going to be bringing the best events happening in Oxford just in a slightly different format so keep your eyes peeled. And your ears, also keep your ears peeled. Yes. This week Maddie will be talking about Oxford Pride, I've got a festival of nature um, Susie will be coming in to talk about the latest exhibition at the Ashmolean. Jen will be all theatrical with loads of offbeat stuff and Russ will of course be talking about open air cinema happening in Oxford over the summer. But first to kick off this episode it's Michael with The Weekend. Yes that's right apart from the uh, rainbow coloured events of Pride and Adventures in Nature there will be plenty going on this weekend. I'm going to begin with some music. There is, as ever, an eclectic mix of things going on. Um, on Friday night at the cellar, um, we have Anthony Joseph, a, an amazing avant-garde musical poet um, of Caribbean descent. His last album is really wonderful and is far and funky. Uh, DJ Dan Ufer will be writing a mad mix of sounds as well. Uh, tickets are £9 on the door, £7 advance. That's at the cellar on Friday from 10. Um, also on Friday, the Pretty Things are playing the Bullingdon, which um, some people get excited about. Okay. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting excited about them anyway. Um, in 1962, a band was formed. It was too big and had too many guitarists. <laughs> some of them decided to form the Rolling Stones. The rest of them formed the Pretty Things. What? So they were all the same thing at the beginning. Um, but Mick and Keith went one way and these guys went the other way. That's amazing. <laughs> and decided to kind of conjure each other name to make kind of really ugly sounding rock and roll. <laughs> and it worked. Also a beautiful album called SF Sorrow. But they are still going, which is really cool. Um, and they're going to be at the Bullingdon at 8pm on Friday. Uh, tickets are £15 advance, £18 on the door. Maybe they've increased in prettiness over the years. Let's hope so. <laughs> Someone with an amazing voice is gracing the stage at the new theatre on Saturday. Um, it's Madeleine Peru. I don't know if you've, you've heard of her, but uh, I never expected to hear kind of the voice of Billie Holiday drifting out of a uh, French-American um, vocalist, but from her it does. She writes wonderful songs as well, but um, has made a name for herself kind of covering um, Bob Dylan, Tom Waits, um, all kind of, and Leonard Cohen, wow. especially in a really beautiful jazz way and yeah she should be great live that's the new theatre on Saturday tickets are from £33.65 finally for something completely different um, also Saturday evening um, Opera Anywhere are putting on the Gilbert and Sullivan classic HMS Pinafore <laughs> made famous by Sideshow Bob yes in... that's the only way I know it <laughs> it's also famous in its own right but that's where many may have been introduced to HMS Pinafore it's going to be at the Mill Arts Centre in Banbury. Um, I kind of hoped after last year that they would do it on a boat or on a punt oh or something. Oh my goodness, yeah. They did, they did their punt-born version of... Pirates of Penzance. Exactly. I think. Yeah. But no, it's, it's entirely land-based. But they do great productions. It's um, at the Mill Arts Centre at 7.30 this Saturday. Uh, tickets are £20, £12 concessions. Okay, next on our radar... As you may know, Ramadan began last Friday, uh, so the holiest month of the Islamic year is underway. One of the religious observances of Ramadan is iftar, a 
big communal meal um, with people gathering to break their fast together. So there are at least a few iftar meals happening um, around Oxford at St Michael and All the Angels Church Hall in Summertown on Friday uh, from 9pm. They have their special Ramadan occasion open to all Muslims and non-Muslims go and join and break the fast, celebrate together. Um, so they'll have Quranic recitation and uh, sunset prayers followed by a homemade buffet meal mm. um, prepared by the Muslim Educational Centre of Oxford staff and volunteers. That's who's running the whole event and a presentation by the director on the spiritual significance of fasting in Islam. You're invited, whether you're of any faith or none, to uh, fast on that day. It's not a requirement of attendance. Uh, if you want to be there, please reserve your place as soon as possible by email or phone. The details are on this event on our website, the MECU Public Iftar Dinner. Um, the wonderfully named Community Grand Iftar is happening tomorrow, Thursday the 1st of June at the Asian Cultural Centre a man's away from 8 till 11pm and you can expect a feast there uh, traditionally but not mandatorily three dates are eaten to break the fast in emulation of the Prophet Muhammad who broke his, supposedly broke his fast in this manner so bring along some dates if you want to be at the Asian Cultural Centre on Thursday then call Shabnam um, details are on the Oxford University Islamic Society's Facebook Salam Alaikum uh, enjoy feasting together Lastly, another change in tone. Uh, if you want to have a weekend entirely characterised by eclecticism, um, <laughs> you can join, you can view the World Poo Sticks Championships this Sunday at, at Langle Column in Whitney. So it's championships of this much-loved game from the Winnie the Pooh books by A.A. Millen um, to raise money for charity. If you've read The House at Pooh Corner, um, <laughs> Um, you may have been inspired to um, find a bridge with running water, drop a stick on the upstream side of the bridge, and you and your friend, whoever, whoever stick first appears on the downstream side, is the winner. I've wasted many hours playing this game. We've okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever used anything other than a stick? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I just used a stick. But aren't there certain rules about how many leaves you're allowed and? How big it is? I sort of assume there are. I also I will have to assume. I don't know. Um, yes, I think if you have a stick that's entirely the width of the bridge, then it doesn't <laughs> count because it's already <laughs> just trying to ruin everyone else's fun. Yes, I'm afraid so. We'll have to have to refer to their rule book, which I'm sure is long and arcane. Um, but. Uh, so that's the that's the version we've, we've probably all done. The championship version has a longer route and a finish line, um, which you get to cross to much adulation and cheering from the crowd. And there are individual and group events. The booking deadline for the uh, group event has already passed, but you can still, I think, join as an individual. And, you know, it's kind of open to everyone. Winners in the past five years have included Saffron Solid, age nine. Wow. You can be, you can be nine and win the world championships. Wow. <laughs> and also Alex Marshall, age 30, of Mornington, Australia. So, oh, wow, it's literally for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it draws people from far and wide. These are the World Championships in Whitney, um, and they're, they're very proud of it. This year there's a purple theme. But why? 
I'll leave that hanging. The championships are organised by the Rotary Club of Oxford Spires and all Rotarians across the world have been fighting with other um, foundations including Bill and Melinda Gates and the World Health Organisation uh, to eradicate polio from the world. In many countries, including the uh, Côte d'Ivoire, when a child receives the polio vaccine, he or she is marked on the little finder with a purple pen. Oh. So... Um, you can see on their on their fingernail they have nice purple fingernails and that means they have been vaccinated just so the teams can see who's been treated and make sure that no one gets missed so at the 2017 world poo sticks championships um volunteers will dress in purple competitors are invited to dress in purple i would advise that you go as prince um (laughs) because that would be wonderful to to win a world championship while dressed as prince um, eating purple cakes and muffins, purple flags and balloons, and some purple competition sticks. They will be much sought after. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't know if they make it more aerodynamic or faster or anything. Mm. Uh, but if you want to join in the fun, then it's going to be from midday this Sunday the 4th at Langle Common in Whitney. And Pooh is not involved. His <laughs> name is just invoked in, in the competition. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. Okay. What event in the summer are you most looking forward to? Wilderness, Grace Jones will be there. She's several hundred years old and still hula hoops like a demon. (laughs) This weekend is Oxford Pride. It's a celebration of lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans and queer life in Oxfordshire and it's taking place in the Castle Quarter. So on the day of Oxford Pride, there'll be a parade which forms at Radcliffe Square from 11am and departs at noon towards Broad Street. Um, goes up Corn Market to Queen Street and then to Bond Square. So anyone who wants to can join in with the parade or can join in by cheering from the side of the parade. And it will end up back at uh, the Castle Quarter uh, near Malmaison. Then after the parade, there's two stages, um, one which is in the Castle Quarter and one which is on Paradise Street, which will come alive with music and entertainment. The Some of the acts that they've confirmed um, are the Oxford Gospel Choir, Courtney Act, who was a finalist in RuPaul's Drag Race, Lavoie, who um, was a Britain's Got Talent finalist as well. So it's a, it's a cool Gosh. lineup. It's a very impressive That's lineup. Um, and yeah, like I say, there's the two stages. So there's lots going on. And then there's also a market which is happening within the Castle Quarter as well. And it's provided by Bitten Street, um, who will be providing the feast to accompany these festivities. The theme this year of Oxford Pride is Rainbow Days, the Summer of Love. So the idea is sort of flares, mm. um, big hoops, lots of colour, which you would expect anyway. Yeah. And then I imagine lots of glitter anyway. Mm. <laughs> um, Ace. And it's the 15th anniversary this year. So oh, wow. even bigger than normal, but very exciting. Get along to the Castle Quarter to celebrate Pride. Um, what are you most looking forward to this summer in Oxford? Um, this summer in Oxford? I'm probably most looking forward to the Oxford Theatre Guild's Love's Labour's Lost. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, because I'm in it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so Love's Labour's Lost is on in the Trinity College Gardens and it's on for two weeks. So there's lots of opportunity to go and see it. And it's starring... Lots of interesting people, including me. <laughs> I'll be playing Catherine. Um, and it's a really interesting play. It's um, it's not a Shakespeare play that's put on very often. It's um, uh, it's one of his really early plays. So you can kind of see that in 
in the way it's written. There's, you can see there's, he's developing his skills as a playwright, but um, because uh, the story isn't doesn't flow as much as some of his other plays. It's not very clearly comedy or tragedy, and it ends with a very strange final scene. Um, hmm. which I won't ruin. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers here. And then no spoilers here. Um, come to find out. So yeah, really interesting play. And very funny. It's good. Excellent. Go see Maddie at that. <laughs> <laughs> so starting this week, it's the Oxford Festival of Nature. Uh, this is happening from today until the 15th of June, and it's all being organised by the Berkshire, Buckinghamshire and Oxfordshire Wildlife Trust. I picked out a few highlights from the many events which are happening as part of the festival. If you go to their website, oxfordfestivalofnature.org, then you can find out a lot more and see just how many events there are going on. It's just amazing. But first up, I've chosen the Wild Fair, which is happening at the Museum of Natural History on Saturday the 3rd. So this Saturday from 10am until 4pm. So this is a chance to head along and see living dinosaurs... I'm not sure entirely what that means. Uh, you can come face to face with wolves, but the, again, this is in quotation marks. So I'm not really sure what's happening there. Um, <laughs> I can assure you that there will be real birds of prey. Uh, there's going to be a pop-up wildlife garden, face painting, storytelling, a chance to see the winners of the photography competition, and just to learn more about the wildlife around us, which sounds delightful. Always a good thing to do. Definitely. Next up, it's the Nighttime Safari at Sutton Courtney Education Centre on Friday the 9th of June at 7.30. This is a chance to use bat detectors to hear bats hunting and um, to use lamps to spot newts in the pond. Um, Yeah, it's a really nice opportunity to see the animals we don't see in the daytime. Um, As I said, it's from 7.30pm and it goes on until 10.30pm and is suitable for anyone over the age of over the age of eight. Booking is essential with this one and it costs four pounds. Finally, I'm very excited about this event. It's the Ugly Animal Preservation Society at the Museum of Natural History on Saturday the 10th of June Mm. at 7.15. Now I'm pretty sure we talked about this last year, but I just love ugly animals. (laughs) (laughs) They're just so funny and intriguing. This event is a night of stand-up comedy to raise the profile of of some of Mother Nature's more aesthetically challenged children. In the past, they've had some really good comedians, uh, such as Sarah Pascoe and Ellie Taylor. So it's just fantastic. Uh, I've got ugly animal facts for you. Please. Please. (laughs) It won't be an Oxcast without some animal facts. First up, one you might be more familiar with, um, the axolotl. Do you know which ones those are? Yeah, but they're not ugly. They're so no, cute. They're so cute. I know, but some people think they're ugly. They're, um, for those who don't know really what they look like, I'm going to try and describe them. They're salamanders, but they've got a little smiley face. Oh. And they look really happy to see you. They're also very aggressive, so you can't put them with anything because oh. they'll kill it. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't. I was fooled by the, the smiling ones. Well, that's what it was there for, I guess. Mm. <laughs> but axolotls can regenerate. They're essentially the Doctor Who of the animal kingdom. Yeah, uh-huh. it's amazing. So even if you like crush their skull, they can regenerate it. It's just what? Nuts. Yeah, I know. Wow. Um, which is very helpful for scientists because they can um, sort of experiment and see what means that axolotls can regenerate in this way and hopefully mm. apply this um, to cancer research and all sorts of other research. Uh-huh. 
Um, but sadly, they're only in Mexico and they're dying out because of pollution. Next up, it's the gob-faced squid. Ooh. Yeah. So imagine your worst nightmare in squid form. Oh, they're not the prettiest animals anyway. No. Even without a gob face. No, it's pretty... Like I, I couldn't really bring myself to look at it properly because it really freaked me out. It's just like a... It's underside is like a mouth, so <laughs> it's just sort of open and it looks like it's got these horrible teeth, but it's actually folded lips. And <laughs> they're also <laughs> endangered. Mm. Um, yeah, they're really weird. Where do they live? Uh, in the deep sea. <laughs> so the pirate That's literally, I could find no information <laughs> about these. A pirate these. fact. <laughs> Next up, it's the dromedary jumping slug. They're, they're pretty ugly looking. They've got a humped back. <laughs> okay, like and, yeah, and live mainly in Canada and the US. Um, and as inferred by the name, when under attack, they <laughs> they act like a coiled spring and like, boom, <gasps> That's jump so out cool. of danger. It's amazing. All these Whoa. amazing, bizarre looking animals are just fantastic. Finally, my favourite one out of all of them is the Titicaca frog. Uh, which is also affectionately known as the scrotum frog. Great. Yeah. Um, scientists who found them in the 19th century literally named them, uh, I, I don't know the Latin for it, but literally named them aquatic scrotum. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my rapper name. <laughs> <laughs> um, they only live in Lake Titicaca and are dying out because of pollution again. Mm. It's just all awful. Uh, yeah, so if you want to save these bizarre-looking animals, please go along to the Comedy Night on the 10th of June at the Museum of Natural History. Um, yeah, have a laugh and help raise some money for some really unfortunate-looking animals. Okay, <laughs> we're going to turn your question back on you. We want to know what you're looking forward to this summer in Oxford and surrounding environs. I'm looking forward to the duck race, which is happening on the 10th of June in Tame. It's literally how it sounds. You chuck a load of rubber ducks in the river and watch them float along. That's super cute. So yesterday I went to the Ashmolean to see their um, preview of the Raphael exhibition that they've got on. Um, this is Raphael the Drawings and the Ashmolean have one of the greatest collections of Raphael sketches in the world. They've got um, about 50 um, and they've also borrowed uh, from lots and lots of places including the Albertina in Vienna um, from the Queen who I think contributes basically to every collection um, put on uh, at the Ashmolean um, and everywhere because she's got lots of lovely things um, from lots of places. Uh, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's amazing. It's quite a, I suppose, a deceptively simple exhibition. It's uh, arranged chronologically. Um, so you start from... Um, Raphael's early work um, in Urbino, moving on to his time in Florence and culminating in his um, many years in Rome. Um, he died when he was 37, which I didn't Ooh. know. Oh my goodness. So at the end of, uh, of this chronological tour, you're looking at works of, of such beauty and complexity and thinking, if he'd survived longer, where would he have gone? Um, how much more would he have done? Um, 
so that's very exciting. Uh, it's, as I say, quite simple. It's it, the, the sketches speak mainly for themselves. Um, there are some additional things, obviously. There, there's um, some history, some information. Um, there's also a display of the type of tools that Raphael might have used, um, or indeed did use. In some places, they do have reproductions of the larger paintings uh, and works for which the sketches were studies or preparatory work. They don't go in for that a great deal and I think it's it's a deliberate choice on the part of the curators mainly because they want the drawings to stand alone so that you can focus more on the creative and adaptive process on the dynamism of the sketches rather than merely immediately looking at how they fed into the more famous works that, that we might be aware of. Um, it, it's also great fun. It's it's very quiet in there, they dim the lights as you can imagine to, to protect these incredibly fragile sketches and when you're there nose to glass and you can see the texture of the of the paper and the, the colours of the chalks and the charcoal, it's it, it, cliche slightly of course but um, it does feel as if the artist might just have stepped out, as if they, as if they could have been drawn moments ago mm. and they're, they're, they're just stunning. Um, one of the curators, uh, Dr. Catherine Whistler, gave us um, a talk on how they put the exhibition together. And one of the things that stuck in my mind, she was talking about how she and her co-curator, Ben Thomas, um, had invented Renaissance yoga. Uh, one of, okay. <laughs> one of um, or perhaps not invented, maybe it's been done before, but certainly uh, this is one of the ways they uh, lightened the experience, I think, which may have been quite serious. Um, they... Uh, one of the aspects of the drawings is that although they're in many respects true to life, they're kind of hyper real in, in certain ways, they, they stretch the possible an elongated neck, a, a gesture, um, a head turning quickly at an angle that wouldn't necessarily be possible in life. Um, and so Renaissance yoga, as I understand it, is, is attempting to emulate these slightly plausible and yet extraordinary poses. And I like to think I like to think of the curators doing this when they were putting the exhibition together. I love to think that the public might be tempted to, to emulate them as they go around so you'll have many people scratching their chin looking at a beautiful picture in contemplation and, and just just down the aisle there'll be someone with a, a leg over a shoulder or, <laughs> you know doing the splits on the floor as as of course uh, Raphael's subjects generally were mm. so that's Raphael the drawings on at the Ashmolean Museum uh, it's running from the 1st of June to the 3rd of September um, and tickets are 12 pounds or 10 pounds concessions so Susie what are you looking forward to this summer um, well, as you know, I have two small children. I'm looking forward to getting out and about uh, with them somewhere in nature. Um, so the woods and the fields. Um, I particularly like to take them to Cotswold Wildlife Park, meet some animals. My 18-month-old is at prime animal meeting stage. Oh, excellent. Uh, so that sort of thing, out of doors with the kids. Offbeat Festival is kind of huge and tiny at the same time it's rather sweet um it covers uh 71 shows in two venues in 10 days so it's got all the energy of a much bigger fringe festival but packed into a really quite small space um plus music from bbc introducing uh, so these the 71 shows cover all sorts of categories there's a huge range of stuff um, and at the launch there were 30 of these companies present and the energy was amazing um, and I think it's really cool that each show might just be an hour it's a short period of your life as a 
audience member. But the amount of care and craft and love and autobiography and painful memories and all sorts of things that have gone into these shows is, is huge and it's just packed into this tiny space. And there are so many cool things that I wanted to tell you about that um, I thought I'll be here forever. So instead, I'm going to give you some categories and you can pick which categories you want me to talk about. And oh my goodness. This is a sort of pick and mix. This is fun. Uh, the categories you can choose from are biographical, comedy, dance, giving voice to diverse figures, therapeutic, literary, political social change, musical and storytelling. What would you like to hear about? Uh, Everything. Um, <laughs> That's no problem. Uh, well, and you have the cards thanks. and you pick one. Let's start with giving voice to diverse figures. I've picked two shows for this. One is called Hervé, um, and this is the autobi- autobiographical show uh, by a chap called Hervé, who was born in Mali, and who was adopted by two Belgian anthropologists and who went all over the world. <laughs> the most bizarre childhood. Um, and, yeah, he's done a show about his life. It's, it's everywhere he goes, um, people keep saying, oh, you should write a book. So instead he's written this show, in which cool. he gets to tell you about it all. That's on at the BT, Sunday the 25th, 5pm, £10. Also in that category, six women. And I think this is really fascinating. This, this covers six women from the ages of 20 to 80, so to, uh, each in a different decade. And it's about a scientific experiment that aims to work out whether there's one sort of single strand to being female, whether <laughs> we can distill that down. Um, yeah, and the um, I believe the actress playing the lady in her 80s is actually 78, but that's a pretty good range. That's amazing. There were a lot of women there as performers and directors, um, which was great. Um, but to see that age range as well, I think that's really rare. Uh, that's at the OFS, Saturday the 2nd of July, 4pm, £5. Quite that's a lot cool. of the shows are £5, actually. Is, mm. there's, you, can, you can see a lot for relatively little money. That's cool. Can I pick one? Yeah. Right, okay. I will pick a mysterious one. Ooh. I'm going to... Ooh. I'm going to surprise myself. Yeah. We have dance. Cool. There's something dance-related. Excellent. Uh, there were two dance people I spoke to. Um, organic Entity. Uh, uh, there was a lovely Spanish lady called Neos Cortez. Uh, and they're presenting a triple bill, which I think is on the theme of love and loss. Uh, but she said it's, it's quite sort of loosely themed. It's not um, there's not a lot of narrative in there. Um, that's at the OFS Saturday the twenty fourth at two forty five, and following that at five thirty, also in the OFS is uh, a tap show. <laughs> um, Old Kent Road is the company, and the performer who actually did some tap at the launch um, is called Avalon Rathgeb, which I think is a brilliant name. That's such a good name. Um, <laughs> <Bad and> name. <laughs> they do sort of informal, improvised stuff quite a lot, and they're getting away from the idea that it's all top hat and tails type stuff so yeah bringing tap up to date uh, that's at 5.30 in the OFS um, those shows are £10 each Glorious Another one? Do you, uh, do you want to do a final <laughs> one Katie? Would you like a mystery? Yeah Mystery sure. choice? Uh, uh, I go for this one Literary Literary <laughs> I bring you a love story this is pre-Romeo and Juliet uh, this is the love story between Mercutio and Tybalt um, and this was inspired by a girl who went to see her 
friend in Romeo and Juliet who was playing one of Mercutio and Tybalt, so she had her eye very much on those two characters. Why do they hate each other so much? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? It's a failed love affair. Um, so she's uh, scoured the text for evidence of this, and um, I guess it's like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of the Romeo and Juliet. Ooh, um, yeah, so it's at the BT, Tuesday the 29th, 6.30. That one's £10. I could talk for hours about all the other things, <laughs> and cool. much as I would love to, I think I'd better stop there. But all of these shows are really fascinating. There are so many things that are cool or interesting or bizarre or hilarious or <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the others we should probably mention is Medea Electronica. Um, yeah, this is a, a sort of, I think, a bringing up to date of the Medea story, um, Greek tragedy about infanticide. It's pretty dark stuff um so this is set to the most amazing electronica soundtrack which sounds brilliant um confusingly a lot of the song titles seem to relate to being under the sea so i don't know how that fits in with the theme Uh, but anyway that's on at the ofs on tuesday 27th at 8 p.m and that's also 10 pounds and i believe we might be able to hit a snippet of the soundtrack for this Jen, what are you looking forward to doing this summer? Uh, I think I'm looking forward to Towersy Festival. I've never been before and um, I think we're going to try camping. This is our big summer of camping, you see. We did Wood Festival and that was okay and uh, the little one survived it and didn't wake up <laughs> the crack of dawn and it was all good. So, yeah, so I have quite high hopes. Mm. Towersy's great fun. You're going to have so much fun. Yay! <laughs> So, I have an open-air screening of Wallace and Gromit for you, which is coming to the Oxford Festival of the Arts. Uh, It's an open-air screening of three of their shorts. A close shave, where Wallace and Gromit run a window-cleaning business and end up tangled in dark deeds involving missing sheep. It's the one that introduces Sean the Sheep. Such a good one. A great one. The Wrong Trousers, which I actually prefer, where a new tenant comes between Wallace and Gromit and has... One of the most epic indoor train action sequences ever. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> and then the first adventure they ever had, a grand day out, to where they go to the moon for cheese. <laughs> so cute. It is edible. <laughs> <laughs> so these screenings are free, but uh, there will be a collection taking place for the Wallace and Gromit Children's Charity and the Oxford Children's Hospital. So you can convince yourself you're watching these great shorts for a good cause. Mm. Uh, the screening starts at 4pm and takes place on Magdalen College School Fields. And I will be going along because I have very fond memories of watching these wonderful shorts on VHS at my grandparents. <sighs> I watched them for many years over there. <laughs> also at the uh, Festival of the Arts is the iconic 80s time travel comedy, Back to the Future, which I'm sure we've all seen. But if you haven't seen, you've got to see this film. It's amazing. <laughs> this takes place on the 2nd of July, starting at 7.30pm, and again is at Magdalen College School Fields. And is free, but with both of these, they recommend booking. Uh, so for Wallace and Gromit and Back to the Future, go to artsfestivaloxford.org. Also screening this summer outdoors 
is Cold Screen, which was a couple of weeks ago, but it's coming back at the end of August with Rogue One on the 24th, Moulin Rouge on the 25th, and The Mighty Jurassic Park, a defining film of my childhood that I couldn't sit mm-hmm. through the first time, had to be taken out of this film, and I've watched it maybe 200 times on the 23rd. Were you really scared? I was terrified. I was terrified before the big scary dinosaurs showed up. I was terrified when they were first shown. I was terrified in the first five minutes when the first Velociraptor attack. Wow, I just remember loving it. No, no, I loved dinosaurs and it terrified me. And then I got the video for my birthday and I watched it, I would say, two or three times a week. And I would always hide behind the sofa during the first attack because it's terrifying. I mean, it's super silly and awesome now, but it was terrifying for a long time. I prefer the, the version where the soundtrack's been replaced by a melodica and um, <laughs> suddenly you see the majesty of the like bron- brontosauruses and diplodocuses and everything and the, some guy in the corner is going <laughs> I love that so much could yeah. you take one along and go to the screening I think it would spoil it for absolutely everyone <laughs> so yes I will so if you want either of these general entry is £15.35 it's 10.45 for 5 to 17 year olds and 42 pounds for family tickets and they also have deck chairs and beanbag options so you can have luxury whilst you watch these amazing films visit coltscreens.co.uk for these films and finally not quite outdoors but also from purveyors of all things cult cinema cinema under the stairs they have a doozy of a pick this month which is the blues brothers ah. which is an amazing film and has some of the best cameos of any film ever. So this is at the cellar on June the 26th from 7.30pm and tickets are £4. And yes, it's not open air cinema, but any film that has James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles and the one and only Princess Leia is worth watching. <laughs> so visit cinemaunderthestairs.com for all the info. And book early because their screenings will always sell out and especially this one because it's such a good film. <laughs> What are you looking forward to doing this summer, Russ? Well, apart from these open-air cinemas, I'm actually going to go along to Creation Theatre's Midsummer Night Dream or Alice because I've never seen either of... I've never seen any of their shows in open-air theatres. I've Mm. only seen them do some of their stuff in various locations, but never out in the open. So, yeah, that's my pick for the summer. We went to see Midsummer Night's Dream last year, didn't we? Yeah, it was... It was glorious. It was really good fun. And though it may be the last Oxcast in this format, we will still be featuring interviews from local and international luminaries. Keep watching out. Very soon we're expecting a barrage of maps in the office. We're uh, forever ordering boxes of things and and walling ourselves in by accident. So (laughs) the new map should be available very soon. First one, spot a mistake, wins a prize, and then it's summarily silenced. (laughs) And uh, yeah. It should be shiny and lovely. Yes, if you want a free sample copy, just send us your address and we'll post one to you. And don't forget, you can still follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Daily Info Oxford. Just as we end the final podcast, I'd like to say a really big thank you to everyone who's been involved in the podcast, who's been on the podcast. Um, Yeah, you really helped us make a fantastic product, in our opinion. No, our humble yet accurate opinion. <laughs> it's true. And to all our Oxcast listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It's been lots of fun. Let us know what you think we could do next. You want to make daily info the best?
bestest, funnest and most usable thing possible. So how uh, you value your opinion on how you think we should do that. And from everyone in the DI office. Bye! Bye.